Contemporary Dance. When I arrived, the school was predominantly a ballet school. Within a year or two, Martha Graham and Twyla Tharp were making their ways into our consciousness, and contemporary dance was becoming an integral part of our dance timetable. With it grew a seriously cool bunch of girls with long, straight, swishy hair and jazz pants. These were knitted bell-bottom trousers that were worn so long that they dragged along the ground. Frayed hems meant that they were worn often, and therefore the girls wearing them were even cooler. These girls were really good at contemporary dance, and I don't think that they got the attention they deserved. They were trailblazers, and with them came some fantastic teachers that opened up the world to our otherwise quite stuffy existence. One summer performance, I was put into a Pink Floyd piece, which I was thrilled about, but my goodness, I felt lost. I couldn't count the music properly. It just seemed to meander along with no attention to form, Was it a 3-4, a 4-4, a 2-4? I'd spent years trying to conquer counting time to music, and by now I felt quite expert. But with this particular piece of music, it seemed impossible. We had to improvise for a big chunk of the piece, and I had no idea what I was doing. If that wasn't enough, instead of costumes, we were presented with a huge box of wigs, t-shirts and tights of various psychedelic colours, and had to choose our own look. I felt totally lost, but kind of enjoyed it. Once on the stage, with the mad strobe lighting, weird music and even weirder costumes, I thought this must surely be what it's like to be tripping. I just wandered around the stage whilst the others were doing wonderful contemporary dance. Afterwards, Miss Ball, our fabulous contemporary dance teacher, congratulated me on my performance. Turns out that my wandering was individual and stood out. I felt like a fraud, but I had learned to take a risk and not to worry about making a fool of myself, even in front of an audience. My brother, who came to a performance of this piece, probably to goggle at the cool girls, said I looked stupid, and I kind of agreed with him. Top of the Pops and Coppelia The same crowd of groovy girls who excelled at contemporary dance were heavily into pop music and somehow managed to get permission for the whole school to watch Top of the Pops on Thursday evenings at seven o'clock. Up to 200 of us would squeeze into Big Studio, which was actually rather small, sitting literally on top of one another, with standing room only at the back. It was the most indescribable luxury. We couldn't care less that we were like sardines in a tin. We looked forward to it all week long. This weekly treat became even better when our beautiful, beloved head girl, Camilla Garson, graduated to become one of the Pan's People dancers who appeared on Top of the Pops every week. Her getting this job was a completely new concept in job opportunities to us, because at the school we had never considered the possibility of becoming commercial dancers before. Ballet was all that mattered to us, and this girl was a wonderful ballet dancer, but she had problems with her feet. While her feet were beautifully bendy, they were not very strong, so the chances of her being able to cope in a ballet company were not good. Apart from being a fantastic dancer, she was stunningly pretty, and the BBC snapped her up. 
She graced our screens for many years and became the heartthrob of lots of boys and the pinnacle of looks for a lot of girls. For most of us, ballet remained the golden chalice, but thanks to her, many girls who previously would have given up dancing if they didn't get a place in a ballet company, now got fabulous jobs on TV and abroad. Some became bluebell girls or danced on ships. Others joined contemporary dance companies or danced in West End musicals. Often, our summer performances would showcase a particularly talented student or students in their last year. For Carmela, her last summer performance was Coppelia and she danced the lead role of Swanhilda. The school had never attempted a full-length ballet before. Summer shows usually comprised of myriad dance pieces to incorporate the entire school in the performance. Our teachers would work their magic to get most of the school in, but with full-length ballets, far fewer students could be included, even with two or three casts. Of course, there would be squillions of town folk milling around the stage, but the school had to be careful, as even town folk needed costumes, and parents wouldn't be happy paying for costumes when their little darlings could hardly be seen amongst the crowd. Carmela was going to be the most beautiful Swanhilda, so they forged ahead. I loved this ballet and picked up every one of Swanhilda's steps. I was enchanted by the story of a doll maker who thinks his life-size doll has come to life only to find that Swanhilda is impersonating the doll. Miss Marsh put me into a dance called The Evening Song. All the other girls in this piece were much older than me. Most exciting of all, though, was that Miss Marsh also let me learn the part of one of Swanhilda's six friends, who are in the ballet all the way through and are danced by soloists when done in a ballet company. Because the friends always appear with Swanhilda, I was able to learn her part too. That summer, I spent the whole time in the studio. I must have missed so much school. I knew I would never be able to do the lead part. There was a lot of pas de deux in it, which I had not yet done, but I thought the friend's part was mine. I was wrong. It was also another much older girl's part, and she was not going to give in to a tweenie. Miss Marsh did give me a Wednesday matinee performance to dance this part, and I should have been happy with that, but I felt cheated, as I knew I was the stronger dancer. My parents came to the Wednesday matinee performance and the coveted Saturday evening performance where I danced in the shorter and less prominent evening song piece. My brother, ever the critic, said he preferred the evening song part anyway and didn't know what all the fuss was about. Carmela, whilst looking stunning and dancing beautifully, struggled to have the strength for a three-act ballet and in the end they had to bring in a dancer from the Royal Ballet to dance some of the performances along with a partner from the Royal Ballet. This must have been hard for Carmela, but it was great for the rest of us as we were able to watch professionals and dance alongside them, which was wonderful. So, Coppelia, our first full-length ballet performance, was a great success. We all pulled it off in the end, and the school did many more full-length ballets in the future with far greater ease than we did, as training became better and the students became stronger and stronger. Cinzano Bianco My friend Zara bought a bottle of Cinzano Bianco back to school after half-term holidays. There were six of us in our dorm at this time, and we were all great friends. The advertisements for Cinzano Bianco on the telly were some of our favourites, and we all wanted to be the Cinzano Bianco girl in these ads. We each sipped the Cinzano Bianco straight from the bottle and thought that it tasted great. 
we hid the remaining half-full bottle on top of the cupboard and forgot about it. One day, after a particularly sweaty ballet class, I ran into the dorm to pick up my tutu from my next class. We kept our tutus on top of that same cupboard and I saw the long-forgotten bottle there. Remembering that it tasted great and feeling pumped up and adrenaline fueled after a hard dance class, I thought I would take a sip and revisit the feeling like the Cinzano Bianco girl. After a ballet class, you are so thirsty and the sip turned into my glugging the whole half bottle down and then running off to my next class. But hey, what was that strange feeling? The stairs swam in front of my eyes as I continued to run down them at full pelt. When I got to the class and took my position at the bar, the bun on the back of the head of the girl in front of me appeared to sway from side to side. I could feel myself turning green. What's the matter, Nichols? Miss Marsh yelled. I couldn't speak, as I was sure that if I did, sick would spew out of my mouth. With my mouth closed tight, sweat felt as if it was pouring from me. Even my ears felt like little pools of water were in them, which made me twitch my head from side to side to alleviate the tickling sensation. I looked searchingly for the door, which was also swimming strangely around. I ran towards it and ran straight into the wall beside it. When I at last felt my way to the door, I managed to run back to the main house and into the loos where I threw up. I splashed myself with cold water and went back to my dorm where I slept until tea time when Sarah was shaking me awake. At tea, the whispers about my drunken lunchtime escapades were turning into legend. According to that legend, it was no longer the half bottle of Cinzano Bianca that I had drunk, but Mr Alexander's entire drinks cabinet. Miraculously, I never got into trouble for it, and I never did it again. But then what were the chances that we would ever have a half bottle of Cinzano Bianco stashed away with our tutus again?